It was an exciting and interesting episode of The Challenge this week. I'm John Chidley Hill. And I am Sheldon Alexander. And this is You Killed It, the podcast talking about the challenge, Ride or Dies. Um, as longtime listeners know, Sheldon and I, I don't want to say we're unprepared because we are prepared, but we produce everything on the fly. But we had some small actual production talk before we pressed record, before Sheldon pressed record. I'm not going to take credit for his hard work. Um, and oh, one of the no. funny things that my guy, Sheldon Alexander, just said to me was that, we'll say it on the pod, but he said it three times about three different things, and I've already forgotten what that was supposed to be. There's one thing I remember, but aside from that, it's probably the least important thing I remember. <laughs> I agree. And um, I've already forgotten. Oh, no, I remember one. One was about the episode number. Right. And I think something's messed up because on the guide, it says episode 15, but it's really episode 14. And I think that's because I don't know this and someone smarter than us behind the scenes or someone on the deep dives on the interwebs might know this. But I wonder if they were they eliminated an episode. You know, sometimes it happens like you have it plotted out and it's supposed to be whatever, 18 episode season. And then you get in the edit room and you're like, you know what? We're really stretching this one episode. Let's just, yeah. you know, let's just cut bait here and just make this one and take it there. But it's messed up anyways. It's, I don't know. Did we talk about it last week? How Yeah, we uh, did. the PVR is messed up and all that and like yeah, the episodes we, record. We, so, we had to record a, a day late. Yeah, and so that all goes down, and now this week, when you go to watch, it says episode 15, but really it's episode 14, I don't know. Anyways, we're here, we're talking about the latest episode that we watched, that there was a lot going on, and I mean, a lot of comments, do we want to start with some comments here? I mean, I want to start with a comment from longtime listener and viewer, John Chidley Hill, about what you are wearing, Sheldon, for those of our listeners... I just paid attention to what she said. I just got <laughs> Anyways. For those of you who are just listening and not watching on YouTube, I need to point out that Sheldon... First off, first off, first off, if you are listening and watching, I mean, I hope you've already clicked the like button if you're watching this video right now. <laughs> and if you're listening, I also hope you rate us, review us, and all that other fun stuff that people do on the internet when they support content that they enjoy. And I don't, I even hate saying that word because I don't really think of this as us creating content. I think of this as us just literally talking shit <laughs> to, <laughs> like amongst friends. But at the same time, you know, bless us with the like. It's how you support the movement. That is this. The you well, I, I want to continue. Paint, <laughs> I want to paint a word picture for our listeners. Sheldon is wearing a Buffalo check flannel over a hoodie sipping tim hortons with a baseball cap slightly askew he looks so canadian right now he looks like he's about to pump gas at a bob cajun gas station he looks like he's about to volunteer at a sarnia legion hall he looks so <laughs> fucking canadian right now which brings I us do you know what I thought you were about to say? I thought you were about to say I look like an extra on corner gas. That's what I thought <laughs> I was going to say as a callback to last week or whatever that was or however many times somehow corner gas comes up on this pod. But anyways. Well, 
I'm so glad you mentioned Corner Gas, Sheldon, which, judging by how you're dressed, is your favorite show. But uh, Luann Snyder uh, wrote in, and she said, Good morning, longtime American listener. Just wanted to thank you and Sheldon for the You Killed It podcast. It's become Aww. the only challenge pod that I listen to. Thanks, Luann. That's an honor. She said she had to go look up Ukraine versus the Ukraine after the last episode. She says that she always appreciates when uh, we give a, a little extra info like that. And Sheldon's producer hat takes uh, uh, a or excuse me, I totally messed this up. She says she always appreciates when we give little extra info like that. Sheldon's producer hat takes or her favorite facts about Canada. <laughs> and then I thanked her because I'm Canadian and we always thank people for things. And she said, never too many facts about Canada. So there you go. Uh, you know what? I just mentioned the town of Bob Cajun. And I feel like mentioning Bob Cajun is like a cultural reference that Canadians get that people don't necessarily get. So a little background. I would, even, I would even say that there's like, there's a part of, canadiana that might not fully grasp it so please yes educate okay. so there's arguably the best most successful canadian rock band of all time is not nickelback how dare you but a band called the tragically hip and one of their best songs uh is a song called bob cajun which is about a small town about two hours northeast of toronto uh for if you want to look it up, it's spelled B O B C A Y G E O N. Actually, comes from an Ojibwe word. I happen to know, but check it out. It's a good song. Most tragically hip songs are good. You'll enjoy it. But Bob Cajun is what I'm referring to. I've never been, but have you um, not? You know, I've got family from Bob Cajun, right? We can go up. You've told me this. Yeah, you've told me this. Um, I've not been, but uh, obviously quite familiar with the song. And uh, yeah, Canada, you killed it, Pod. What's you your know? favorite Tragically Hip song, Shelly? I don't have a favorite tra Tragically Hip song, John. They're all too good. I understand. <laughs> well played. <laughs> Well played. Um, do we have a lot of comments? I got some comments here we can read here from last cool. week's pod. Um, let's see. Kara. Maybe it's Kara. I'm going to go with Kara. Uh, Langenberg. I hope I pronounced that right. And if I didn't, my apologies. She says, one. Uh, oh, maybe there's more comments here. I'm messing this up. But I think Tori is... No, this must be the first one. I disagree about your bananas take, and I watched it twice already, and both times I thoroughly enjoyed it. It also made me understand the whole bananas-Mariah relationship more because I picked up on the cues that he really likes her. Oh, that must be – we were discussing uh, bananas stirring the pot last week, right? Mm -hmm. With the finesse uh, – finesse wow. With the fessy and Mariah conversation. Um, and she says that the Tory thing, because she wanted Jordan, Jordan said they can make a deal and vouched for him and his word is bond. And then he went against his word. So Tory is mad because that essentially is a strike on her. I mean, I don't know how much I agree with 
we'll get to, yeah there's a lot on the tory jordan thing that obviously will take place during this pod so maybe we'll save that whole discussion for you know a little later on as that pops up in this pod but i'll yep. keep going here because we got isaiah isaiah says uh john you and devin he says uh he's lucky they're spitting back pairs uh he does not have the Mamba mentality. If I was Devin, I would have said, "I would have said help." Then wasted Fessy's time with BS advice. <laughs> you know what? We hadn't discussed that as a possibility. I like that idea a lot because no one would know, right? Like no exactly. one else is capable of seemingly capable of doing those calculations. I guess we'd call them mm-hmm. that Devin was doing, and so no one would know if he was giving Fessy bad advice. I like that True. idea a lot. And I also got to add, as much as I like Devin, mm-hmm. like I see his weaknesses. Like I don't think yeah, he's yeah, yeah. this season. Like It's I, more become a bit here where I chirp you for <laughs> your love of Devin more I, than, you know. I also me. think, and like this occurred to me last night as I was watching the episode, one of the things I like about Devin is he's like the last funny person on this show. Like, I don't, I find Johnny Bananas more corny than funny. And if you think Mm -hmm. of like the people that they used to have on that were regulars that could serve as like a narrator, like a Smashly, Mm -hmm. right? They don't, or or a Wes, like people who are like really funny and witty. Like Anissa has her moments, Tori has her moments, but Tori's obviously caught up in the drama. So like, I like Devin in part because I think he's the most entertaining person and like I think he's pretty capable uh, yeah. in terms of the competitions, but like I, I agree, I don't think he has a mamba mentality. I think he also knows his weaknesses, unlike very true. Russell, who has a very like unrealistic understanding of what he brings to the table. Whereas Devin's like, yeah, no, I don't want to be in a headbanger. Like I'm not trying <laughs> to die today. <laughs> like yeah, he knows he's a smoker that drinks like five beers a day like he knows his limitations and i respect it yeah no totally understand d link also comments on the devin fessy you know slingshot drama and says if the slingshot was the third event and devin's team had like a two-hour lead fine have mercy on fessy and help him finish the challenge but on the very first event let him keep struggling and make the producers time him out for not hitting the three targets I think most people would agree with that. I'm sure Devin probably agrees with that at this point, seeing how things played out for his team. Sean Mulligan says he disagrees on our Nani and Bananas takes. Um, I don't remember exactly what our Bananas and Nani takes were, but I'm going to assume that they weren't very good or flattering. So <laughs> I remember what they were if you need me to repeat them, Shelly. <laughs> sure. Um, I went on a bit of a rant about how uh, they should retire. Oh, Um, and in general, I was saying like one of the issues with Nani and Bananas is like they're now mature, like they have, (laughs) which makes for bad TV. Like as much as I like them and as much affection and as well as I wish them well, like all those good things, like they're not messy like Fessy is. And like I was saying like this is that like CT is the same way. Like I love CT, 
the thing that keeps CT entertaining is every so often he does these freakish athletic things, but Nani's not capable of them. So she's just sort of there now because she's not getting into these like serious issues. She's just like waking up beside Casey telling her that she loves her and then like having breakfast. <laughs> like it doesn't make for great TV. Yeah. So no, that's totally. I think what he is referring to. Totally agree. Um, we all we also have another comment here. Um, I don't want to butcher this person's name, so I'm just going to refer to him as Q. And hopefully, hey, respond again. Send us in another message, and then next time, I promise that I will pronounce your name correctly. But I'm just terrified of pronouncing this incorrectly. <laughs> but Q says, I "Actually, love Amber and Chauncey scenes because they are very real and authentic." Versus the scripted and boring Nani and Casey scenes. And I just think y'all are too hard on their relationships, in my opinion. That's fair. That's, a, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to take my shots at them uh, again because there are some more <laughs> moments, like immediately. Like literally my first note is, <laughs> is a shot at Amber, but that's okay. <laughs> wow. Uh, I, John I, hates I, love. John, you just hate love, man. I do hate love. I do hate love. I have uh, another listener comment, a longtime listener who we haven't heard for a while from mm -hmm. for a while. God, I can't speak this morning. Uh, KB, uh, Carrie says, just caught up on You Killed It for the first time in a while. Welcome back. Man, have I missed you guys and the much music corner gas talk. <laughs> Glad we're all hate watching together. <laughs> <laughs> if I got even one person to watch Corner Gas, mission accomplished. Come on, ain't nobody checking for Corner Gas, man. Come on, man. <laughs> Nobody's checking for Corner Gas. It's not, not even Brett Butt is rewatching old episodes. Um, yeah, he's just collecting bags off of turning the show into a cartoon. What a straight hustle! And you know what? I'm not going to say anything. There's so much. I was about to like go down a wormhole of the Canadian television industry and then realized, why would I do that? Especially. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, <laughs> um, moving on. <laughs> Everyone's back in the house. You know exactly where I was going to or yeah. like have some idea where I was going. And yeah. Um, what was, was it? I remember the Jalen Rose and uh, what was it Jalen and Jacoby. Yeah, and uh, Jacoby just always used to say, "Jalen, don't get fired. Jalen, don't get fired." <laughs> like he'd start down a tangent, and Jacoby would just jump in, "Don't get fired." So they're um, back in the house, and here's my mm -hmm. immediate Amber hate. She and Nani come skipping into the house because, of course, Nani won the elimination against Mariah last episode. And like, I know our listener just said, "I'm sorry, I already forget their name," but. They were saying like, oh, you know, Amber and Chauncey seem just like Cute. really real and authentic. To me, this is an example of Amber not being authentic. Suddenly, she's best friends with Nani, holding her hand, skipping together. Like, I thought she was best friends with Michelle, and then Michelle's gone. And then she's best friends with Nelson, and then Nelson's gone, or betrays her, and she never gets over it. Like, she's one of those people where the like person in front of her is her best friend and maybe she's just really friendly john how about that yeah it's clear that she's really well loved on the show and that everyone is super tight with her she's everyone's political priority in the house that is for sure 
I mean, I'm still trying to figure out who's going to win this season. I genuinely have no idea. There's there's no – it's like – I mean, let's pause and like talk about that. It's – Truly, anyone. No, no, no. Game. Let's save it. Save it at the end, because at the okay. end it'll make more sense to discuss it in terms of what ends up happening. Okay. Right. All right. Okay. So uh, we have a scene where Horatio brings Olivia flowers for her birthday. Cool. You could tell already what was going on, right? They're steering us back towards thinking about the rider dies. Yeah. Um, she's touched by the gesture. Cool. We get a beach party that serves absolutely no purpose at all. Other than to get me to ask our viewers, can someone please tell us what song was being played for <laughs> said beach party? I would like to know. Because um, what I always think of when I see a scene like that, it's by an artist that will no longer be named. But I'll just say there's a remix with Jay-Z and the song was called Fiesta, Fiesta, <laughs> Fiesta, Fiesta. That's all I'll say. Um, shouts to Anissa. I want to say this because Anissa speaks for all of us, Sheldon. Mm -hmm. There is the, the Tory and Jordan drama takes up a lot of airspace in this episode. And it has throughout this season, if we're being honest, right? Mm -hmm. So she tells Tori, Tori's thinking of, I think me and Jordan need to have this big talk and I think we need to do it right now, which literally makes no sense. Anissa tells her, I don't think that you need to talk to Jordan right now. You don't need to hash out your real life stuff right now. My question to you though, as Anissa does this, is Anissa being genuine about caring about Tori's feelings or is she looking out for her game? As of course, those are her two biggest allies and Jordan is in fact her ride or die. No, I think, I mean, I think those, issues dovetail together to the same answer. But I, I genuinely think that Anissa's at a place where she's like, no good will come of this. And I think we've all had moments like that with a friend who like can't get over an ex who just like has to keep going back to the well and try to like hash things out again, where you just gotta be like, no, like you, like this is not good for you. Like you gotta stop, you know, like nothing productive. Like you guys need to go to your respective corners and heal a little and move on a little. Right. And I think that's where Anise is coming from. And she said something along those lines last week, right. Where she was like, these two just need to shake hands, apologize, and then not speak to each other for the rest of the season. Facts. And Anise is right. Anise is right. She says, um, Hold on. As I switch. <laughs> no notes, problem. That's all right. She we says, got, I'm, hey. If I'm sick of it, I know everyone else is. And like, I don't, I can't explain why. I don't think I'm as sick of it as everyone else is. But I'm also at a point where I, I don't need any more information. Like, I'm not like, oh, this again. But I'm like, I know where things stand. It's fine. <laughs> It's because there's no development. There's no movement. There's nothing's changing. They're repeating the same things over and over again. There's no, like, even though Norris is gone, do you know what I mean? There's nothing new that's happening. They're just arguing about, are you putting our relationship outside the house over the game? I I don't know. Anyways. I mean, we're going to talk about it at deliberation, but like there's there's more going on here. Well, I was going to say it almost fit. It's almost fitting that this 
daily challenge is called takes two to tango (laughs) the two of tori and uh jordan definitely both play a role in the scenario that we are in which is all being tired of watching them argue Mm -hmm. this challenge I thought, okay, so first off, two to tango, you're high in the sky on top of a building. Um, There's a narrow beam with like obstacles on said beam. You have to make your way around the obstacles as you are with your partner and you are working your way around the beam. When you get to one of the circles, you and your partner have to both stand on the circle, spin around, and then continue along the path. You get to the other side. Then you got to make it back within 10 minutes. And if not, you get thrown off. This would be terrifying. I don't know if I would be able to do this. So I have a lot of thoughts about this. Because like, in theory, like if you were in a gymnasium and someone laid down the same course just with masking tape and like Mm -hmm. the same obstacles, but like you're just like on a basketball court, like just a gym floor. Yeah. You'd be able to do this. No problem. Right. Mm-hmm. The issue is that the obstacles force you to look down. Yes. That's where it gets super hard. Because, like, at first, as I was watching, I'm like, this isn't so bad. And then I was like, oh, but they have to look down. Like, if, if you could just, like, look at your partner's eyes or over their shoulder, you, it'd be fine. Right? And, again, yeah. using that, like, gym floor as, like, an example, mm-hmm. totally doable. Like, it's not the physical side. That's tough. It's the mental side of like keeping it together. And we see a couple of people, notably Fessel and Chauncey, struggle with that mental side mm-hmm. to the point that Chauncey doesn't do it. He quits on the challenge. He he refuses to do it. What did you think of this? How do we feel about this instance of quitting? Because in general, we know we hate quitters. Yeah, I thought, you know, they build up the tension. And I want to know, too, from more recent viewers of this season or of this uh, show, what you make of the whole, you know, just TJ, you know, because it always still gets me to this day, TJ calling people out in a good way, right? Because I think it's good. Like, I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's peer pressure, but I just love it. It was like, you're not a quitter. Get your ass out there and give it a go. And I love TJ's line of, You've already jumped off this building once and I'm not even asking you to stay. All I'm asking you to do this time is just stay on. I thought that was a really good like rationale, but you could tell that Chauncey already had it in his mind that he wasn't going to do it. Yeah. Which to me is a flaw in production because they didn't make the stakes high enough. Yeah. You should have been penalized as a team for someone not, completing it much less not even attempting yeah there should have been more of a punishment like it should have docked his team 20 seconds or whatever because we didn't mention this but all it came down to is one pair that like did it who whichever pair did it fast fastest won it for their team Mm -hmm. so if you docked the fastest pair 20 seconds because chauncey quit then the stakes are higher i think it also would have been fair yeah Right. Because Um, like in theory, if someone laid down, like if one pair laid down a really good time, then everyone could quit. Right. And which is what I was thinking. Yeah. Then it's, it's not good TV. It's not what the show is about. So, yeah. 
Because if I know that, okay, I said, I don't think I'd be able to do this, right? But if you finally were able to convince me to do it, chances are I know that I'm not going to be the fastest one to complete it. So to your point, then why would I do it in the first place? It didn't, it was kind of just a flaw, which normally I want to give the producers credit because I think they cover up those loopholes a lot. Mm-hmm. But I think the way that this one played out, it didn't really benefit the integrity of the competition or the show, in my opinion. Uh, one thing I do want to say to you, though, throughout this episode, and I mean, if I remember to do this in upcoming episodes, which I probably won't, because as you mentioned, it's not like we spend a lot of time producing these episodes, but I'm going to say some lines that could be the title of the episode. Okay. Because I find what always happens is that when I'm going to post it, I then forget the lines and then I go back to my notes to figure out one of the lines from the show. And then I'm always like scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. So I'm going to see if this helps. But the first thing I'm going to bring up is Casey and Fessy going across and Casey saying, you can call me Twinkle Toes. Is that we'll, we'll give that a rating score on maybe that could be the line, the uh, name of the episode. We'll see. We'll see. You're shaking your head no, but we'll see. It's early. That one like a one out of five. It's early. Like, it's early. It's okay. That ain't it for me. It's okay. It's okay. Um, speaking of F- Fessy and Casey, they end up winning. Yeah. Which, yeah, I don't know. So, do you, is there anything else that stood out about who yeah. did well or who didn't do well in this? What stood out to me was Fessel being a dick. Like he was so he's so hype on himself. Like he's, he's obviously a narcissist. Like we all know that. Right. Yeah. But basically every time they had him in confessional, he's like, I'm the biggest, I'm the strongest. And like, it's all he could talk about. Yeah. And like, I'll allow, he is bigger than everyone, but not significantly. So like, He's heavier than Horacio, but he's probably only like an inch taller than him. Like, ease up. I'm like, we'll get there when we get there. Mm-hmm. But like, he takes some like shots at my guy Horacio that are wildly uncalled for. <laughs> like, I can't believe I was about to skip a bunch of this stuff, but I was getting cheesed. Thank you for stopping me from moving along because I was getting cheesed while watching this, and it's exactly the vibe that you're pointing out. First off, your man's Fessy and Tori. Did you guys need to go first in this? Yeah. Just curious, right? Just curious. Is that a thing that we needed to happen? I don't really think that it was. Plus, your man's Fessy, when they're doing their confessional before they're about to go, he says, quote, well, we danced a time or two in the past, so if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Messy, 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 messy. And then you have, and then again, now we'll we'll save that in the bucket for later when we talk about Tori and Jordan. But again, when stuff like that is happening, and I see Jordan doing what he's doing, I'm not saying that I would do what Jordan would do, but I understand. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. But further along that point, even without the Tory stuff, your man's Fessy out here bragging about having the best balance here. Like what, what is he that, talking about? <laughs> no, but like, what does that mean? Do you get a cookie for that? Like, do you want a medal? Is that an Olympic how event? Do you, like, how do what? you judge that? I also, 
What are you basing that on? I sincerely doubt that. Like, let's say, let's be generous and saying, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. I'm not going to allow this to happen. We are not justifying Fessy's ridiculous comments. I'm not. I'm not actually trying to break down who is who has the best balance on the challenge. No, no, no. This is just a ridiculous statement. It's a ridiculous statement. There's no like way that you can easily judge that. But also, you can't tell me he has better balance than Jordan or Horacio. You can't. Like, those two are also incredibly athletic people. You can't tell me he's got better balance than Amber or Nani. Yeah. Right? Like, we just had Horacio in uh, confessional listing off all the different, like, dances he does and, like, saying them with accents in ways I can't, like, pronounce or replicate. So, like, you can't tell me you have better balance than that guy, <laughs> right? No, I totally agree. I totally agree. I found it so strange. And I just thought, like, it's fitting for Fessy, right? He is just that cocky, cocky dude. You know what, though? He's, in my mind, he's past the point of being cocky. He is, <laughs> it's clear that he's a super insecure person who has to big himself up to make himself feel good. Right, like we'll see it later, but Jordan describes himself at one point in this episode, and it comes across as clear-eyed confidence, where he knows his limitations, but he also knows what he's good at. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fassi is insisting that he is good at anything that's physical when it's blatantly <laughs> not true. Right? Like yeah. it's it's absolutely not true. <laughs> so like it's it's clearly he's just covering up for his own issues. Yeah, it's just a weird flex all around, if you ask me, for sure. Um, as mentioned, Casey and Fessy have the fastest time. They win it for their team. I mentioned I already find that dumb that they weren't penalized at all for Chauncey not even attempting this. But this is also a bad run of I don't want to say bad luck, but let's say turning points where things could have went the other way for team Mariah and they just don't right. Like if you think about it, they helped the other team win last episode. And now this episode, they do a pretty good job, but again, it doesn't matter that someone didn't even attempt it on the other side. Whereas I thought like Nani did a really good job in this Nani and Horatio Nani went twice. She did a really good job in this challenge and it doesn't matter just because Fessy and Casey were the fastest. But anyways, that now means Team Mariah once again. Wait, do we still call it Team Mariah, even though she was not whatever? We can call them the underdogs. That's what they call themselves. The underdogs. Yeah, it's pretty lame, but fair enough. Um, bananas. We get to the interrogation part, right? And we all know this is a waste of time because, well, sorry, I should rephrase that. I thought this would be a waste of time because I just assumed they would throw Devin in. Not Devin, sorry, Jordan. I just assumed they would throw Jordan in, and I didn't really understand why they wouldn't. Um, There's a lot of back and forth going on, but really, this all comes down to Jordan and Tori. Let it all out, my dude. I know you got thoughts here. I have so many thoughts. I'm going to start with a listener comment. Rochella Valdez says, not going to lie, the Tori and Jordan drama is tiring, but the way they looked at each other in interrogation, heartbreaking. We're gonna, we were going to spend our lives together. And like, I think what makes this compelling, as annoying as like the 
ups and downs are is that this is like a real breakup. Like this is real life. They there is still a lot of affection. They still do care about each other, but they also are in this situation where they're pitted against each other and have competing interests. And by moments, I'll be like, what are they even mad about? Like, I don't understand in this moment what the fuck they're talking about. And they both keep doing and saying things that, like, sets the conversation back. Like, Jordan, in interrogation, once again, describes her as a terrorist of love. And he sort of plays it for laughs this time. But it's also a super shitty thing to say. And maybe the best way of putting it is it's not a productive thing to say. Right? Like, Mm -hmm. and like, I understand why he's mad at her, but I also think that he has been so petty all season that he elicited some like toxic behavior from her. I also still don't understand why she tried to go for, to bat for Fassi. Was that two episodes ago? But, like, it's just so ugly and nasty. And, like, I loved how Anissa said, I want off the Tory and Jordan ride. Yeah. I mean, all of this is just so weird to me. But my initial thought is, is this real? Like, I know that they're – I feel like they're playing this up for a storyline on this season. Because, yeah, they broke up. I think they're still, you know, they're still on good enough terms that they could come on and know, hey, we're going to talk about this, but we're going to play this up a bit. Now, there are moments where things get real because I'm not saying Tori is a good enough actress that she can just, you know, have tears come on on command. But I feel like there are definitely moments where this is played up because what is she, what are they arguing about? As you said, at one point, not at one point, multiple points throughout this season. Tori's been mad about would Jordan say her name? I ask you this question, John. If there are five other people voting, why does it matter if one person says your name? That is so irrelevant, right? And I get the, the concept of, oh, well, you shouldn't say my name. And they turn it into this whole thing about, but what does that really mean? Oh, I get what it means. I understand why she's hung up on it. It means nothing. It, it means nothing. In practicality, it means nothing. But what? She's what if it's a burn for, vote? Yeah, for sure. But what she's looking for is she knows that she has hurt Jordan, and in her mind, if he says her name, it means that he has not forgiven her, and she wants to be forgiven. Like she wants to not feel guilty about. Uh, hooking up with Fessy, which I also have to point out, she was entitled to. Like, I understand why Jordan was hurt that it was on national TV and, like, their dirty lot. But, like, they had broken up. No one's yeah, saying yeah. Tori cheated. She's well within her rights to sleep with who she wants, when she wants, as a single person. Right? And, like, yeah. Jordan has to is has been so petty like they're both in the wrong here and like i understand why they're doing these things but they're both in the wrong which is why i think anisa is the voice of reason where she's just like stop talking to each other like avoid each other as best you can like this is a tough situation but just like block each other on instagram and like move on (laughs) like so i want to i want to just read a couple of just banger lines from this interrogation which for the most part the interrogation 
the interrogations have been whack. No, I shouldn't say that. Most often than not, overall, I don't think the interrogations are that good. Mm-hmm. This season, they've been a little bit better. I've been tired of the Tory and Jordan drama, but there were some great one-liners in this and the yep. way that it was delivered. Jordan saying, quote, I mean, Tori's upset that I called her a terrorist. That's fair. <laughs> Just that <laughs> sentence alone. Like, you know, that was amazing. <laughs> right. That might have been my line of the episode. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It might be mine too. I, I know I wrote a bunch down, but I don't remember. But like, that's pretty good. But he's right. He says that she is messy. And then mm-hmm. another back and forth. Tori, quote, you drive me crazy. Jordan, quote, that's on you. If you can't deal with it, bleep off. Tori, all right, cool. <laughs> like, what are we doing here, right? It's just gone off the deep end of complete insanity. But overall, I think I agree with Jordan, right? We are more than just some people who went on the challenge together, yeah. right? They're more than just, you know, who's voting for who, who's doing this, who's doing that. As he said, they were going to spend the rest of their lives together. So for her to hold that over his head in this world of make-believe, as he called it, maybe that's the line of the, maybe that's what the episode's called. Yeah. This world of make-believe. That works. You know? That works. No. Like that. Right? Like, I love that Jordan says, lie to me next time. Yeah. I've, I have had fights with exes where I have said, like, you know what? I would have preferred it if you'd lied. Like, that would have been preferable <laughs> to what you did. Or so, sorry, this is this might be the title. Jordan okay. saying, "quote This is no place for love." <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, this is not going to surprise you. I thought Devin was very good in his interrogation when he comes in and he sits oh, down yeah. and he goes, "Look at the board, and then think about not putting me in." Because <laughs> like, what else can you say at this point? And also, when he says, "Are you going to put in the professional soccer player or the triathlete?" with a bad attitude <laughs> like <laughs> i'll give devin that for sure some really yeah, good was, but, and like i it's not that i want to give devin laurels all the time but like describing jordan as a triathlete with a bad attitude as someone who's like as because devin's had to basically work with him all season and mm-hmm. like he i wouldn't say he's quite in the middle like anisa is but he's middle adjacent Right. Like he's right in the thick of it too. And like, he very gently is trying to navigate this situation. And even in his interrogation, he's like talking directly to Tori. He's like, I don't know what's happening on a day-to-day basis. Like, this is so hard. And like, I'm trying my best not to make it worse. Like it was the, not that Anissa and Devin are the victims of this, but like as the windows in where they're just like, please stop, like, please put us out of our mystery and misery. Yeah. They're both yeah. their attitudes were very funny throughout this episode. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It, it was very funny throughout this episode for sure. Uh, the one thing that was, that I found very interesting is I'm, I know there's a lot more to get in here, but so stop me anywhere you see fit for sure. But we get the whole breakdown of Jordan and Horatio and how much they've become good friends, which, you know, you can kind of see the tea leaves and see where this is going. Yeah. But um, when they walk into the pit or whatever it's called and you see that it's about to be the banger, you kind of get excited anticipating that this is going to be 
um, you know, Jordan versus Horatio. But the one I'm thing gonna, that I found I'm very weird. Pause you right there, Sheldon, because we got to talk about the elimination. I'm super excited to talk about the elimination, but I have breaking news. Our foreign correspondent, Adi Pinsoff, just messaged me to okay. tell me what the music was when they went to the beach bar. That's clutch. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yes. Call me maybe by the pride of Canada, Carly Ray Jetson. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. <laughs> right? It's actually pretty good. It just makes me laugh. I feel like I would have laughed when, but now I'm picturing Tori twerking to call me maybe, which like <laughs> I know I feel like Tori does that every scene that they show the club scene. There's a there's a cut to Tori twerking on somebody. Yeah. But I mean, she's she's a big boot. She's a big booty Judy. That's how she described herself in like one of her first appearances on the challenge. I should that also is a great tell you, callback, by the way. Great callback by you. Thank you. Uh, I think of it often. Uh, Adi also says that when they're preparing for the challenge, like the daily, it's high enough by K-Flay. Okay. Okay. Not bad. Not bad. Um, what I was going to ask you, though, was the votes. Yeah. So Anissa votes for Horacio. Fessy votes for Jordan. Olivia throws away her vote, votes for Devin. Chauncey votes for Jordan. Casey votes for Horacio. And she's like, this is what I have to do that's better for my game, whatever that means. Tori votes for Horacio. Bananas votes for Horacio. Why did Casey vote for Horacio? Like, I thought I Casey and Fessy would be on the same page here. What I, I thought so too. Like I don't, I don't understand. There was two things that I didn't understand. I didn't understand why Casey had to vote that way. Like I, I don't think anyone would have been mad at Casey if she's like, "Yep, yeah, I'm voting with Fessel," because like they're they're a unit. Like it's their it squad. Makes perfect sense. The other thing I don't understand is so much was made about who Tory's going to vote for. And then Bananas also votes for Horacio. It was 4-2-1. Yeah. Right? She could have voted for Devin and made it 3-2-2. Because Bananas said from the hop in confessional, we should not put in Devin. Correct. Because he knows Devin's the one you want to face in a final. Correct. Right? And like I'm saying that, and I recognize it. You definitely want Devin in a final over either Horacio or Jordan. So, like, you don't – what's the – I don't understand what the big dilemma was. And also, I think everyone likes Horacio, but, like, I don't think Tori would have pissed anyone off. Like, I don't understand, like, what the conflict was. Like, oh, will I vote for Jordan? No. Obviously, you vote for Horacio. Like – yeah. No one and like Horacio, to his credit, the entire time was just like, Yeah, no, I understand why everyone's making the decisions they're making. I'm not taking it personal. <laughs> like Horacio was very throughout this, was just like, Yeah, this has nothing to do with me. I'm just gonna buy flowers for my friend Olivia. I'm just here to like compete and do my best. Like he's <laughs> like taking it all in stride. But this is what I mean, right? Like why all the extra added drama? It's so unnecessary. And that's what 
worries me or makes me think like, hold on, what are these guys doing? Is this all real? Is this played up? What is Tori's angle here? Because again, as you mentioned, why does it matter? This whole thing. Did you say my name? Would you say my name? I don't know who I'm going to vote for. Didn't matter. Didn't They're matter saying say your name so much. They sound like Destiny's Child. I'm going to give you a slow clap for that. Thank you. Well played. Well Thank played. You, you know okay. who I'm not giving a slow clap to? Your man's Devin. Because he takes a moment in which he pulls a safe dagger and then says, quote, Call me Young Dagger. Close quote. I what? have to say, I have to say, I know I'm the number one Devin fan, but even I was like, oh, this isn't good. This yeah, And like, yeah. can I, like, I don't know how to express this. He says, that's my hip hop name. A rapper like, name or something, yeah. Yeah, but like, no, he says hip hop name. And like oh, the okay. expression to in my mind is rap name. Like if you're coming up with a rap name and it just like it clanged on my ears when he said hip hop name. You know what I mean? It sounded like a guidance counselor trying to talk about that. That hippity hoppity that you guys are like, just like, just call me young. I mean, if he'd maybe if he'd left it at just call me young dagger, it would have been enough. But like he like over explained the joke. It was it was not a good look. Yeah, no, for sure. I totally agree. And the I had to look at the positives here and the fact that it would just be a way better elimination, Jordan versus Horacio, than Devin versus whoever, because he would have lost. But I did not, other than that, like that was the only positive to come from that scene. Was that yeah. at least we knew we were getting a very good elimination. And did we ever get a good I have elimination? To say, I think this is one of the best eliminations of all time. Like we have no, seen. I'm not going that far. Well, I thought it was good, but I'm not going that far. What I liked about it was normally in headbangers, like we're just like struck by the violence, like the power, right? Mm -hmm. Like someone gets hurt. What I liked about this one was, and maybe you'll agree with this, it was the most athletic elimination yeah. we've ever seen because like i you can't say that they barely touched each other but it wasn't like strong hits or anything it was two guys doing an incredible job of reading each other's hips mm -hmm. right of like incredible deking especially by Horacio, a lot of finesse a lot of stamina like neither one of them seemed tired which like they're running in sand running in sand sucks yeah I was just before we like get into the nitty gritty. I was so impressed with both of them, and also they really liked and respected each other. Like there was no smack talk, there was mm -hmm. no cheap shots, nothing like that. It was just two guys. I mean, TJ says it very clean, but like very athletic, very hard contested. I really respected both of them, and I thought it was really exciting and interesting and i genuinely did not know who was going to win yeah i liked it because it was a good contrast in styles like jordan came out in round one right away saying like my strategy is to take it to him first right and be physical and it fits in with what we talk about all the time when you get these headbangers do you want the smoke or do you not want the smoke jordan definitely wants the smoke 
But the thing is, Horatio was he was okay with it. And yeah, the he fact was so that, comfortable. Yes, right. The the fact that he took it and then flipped it around to when it was his turn and just, you know, nope, this is what I'm gonna do. And he that first he got jiggy that first move that he gave Jordan and deked him out so bad and scored. And at that point, I was like, oh, okay, I thought this was gonna be good, but this is even way better than I anticipated it was gonna be. And the back and forth nature of it was so, so good. And I thought Jordan was going for the contact and the physicality and Horacio was the speed and quickness. And as soon as I realized that, I kind of knew that Jordan was going to end up losing because mm-hmm. the way that Horacio was playing it, and I know you played rugby, right? So I know you understand this part. The way that Horacio was playing it though, as a defender, you basically have to make the move. And you're either going to guess right or you're going to guess wrong, but you have to try to anticipate either his cutback or his choice of which direction he's going at, and you have to hit him and, like, wrap him up through the hips. Yep. Jordan wasn't able to do that, but that's also a difficult thing to do. Like, we're talking about this in terms of rugby or football, right? Like, if you're not used to that, it's just a strange thing to do. The other part is Jordan has one hand. So being mm-hmm. able to like grab onto a jersey or grab onto shorts or grab onto whatever, he can only do with one hand. And I think this was a scenario in which that was a hindrance to him. And we see Jordan overcome so much, but this one was tough. This one was tough. What impressed me about what Horacio did was he I don't he didn't quite articulate this but the advantage is to the person who has the ball mm-hmm. in, in that especially what with the way Horacio did it by him constantly moving sort of in a circle and but keeping his hips square to the target it put all the onus on uh, Jordan making the move first. And to both their credit, they both did a really great job of trying to read each other and like watch each other's body language and know when they had to make their like explosive movement to try to like blow past, right? But what was the sort of difference between the two strategies is that because Jordan was going sort of straight at Horacio and initiating that contact, it meant that Horacio always had the option open to him to knock the ball away, which is exactly what happened. Whereas because Horacio was always sort of circling and waiting for Jordan to buy into a deke and like committing, that's like the phrase, committing to defense. <laughs> yep. It meant that twice Horacio got by without really even being touched by Jordan, like any touch of consequence. And, like, I thought that was incredible. And what I also thought was incredible was Fessel saying, oh, yeah, like, I haven't really been impressed with Horacio this entire season. But, like, he showed me something. And even when Horacio wins. He's like, I see you. Yeah, he goes, I see you. First of all, no one asked you, Fessy. Like, no one cares. (laughs) Like, you are not the person that people think they have to go through to win this show. Second of all, 
how are you at this point in the season being like, yeah, I don't think Horacio's got it. Horacio's like greatest weakness is that he's maybe a little bit naive and that he is not good under pressure. And his ride or die, Olivia mentioned that again this episode. But like athletically, Horacio is super impressive. Might be the best athlete on the show, regardless of gender. Like he is going to, if he can, as long as he can eat gross food, he's going to be great in the final. Yeah. Like it, he might win. Like he's definitely rookie of the year. So for Fessel to be like, oh, I'm not really impressed with Horacio until now. Like that's because you only think in the of the world through a football lens, and you don't understand that there's other kinds of athleticism. Well, this might be one of the first times that I can remember off the top of my head. I'm sure maybe it's happened at some other point and it's not coming to me, but I don't remember TJ ever dropping a live statistic right after an event as if this were ESPN, like a post game, like Monday night football where they're like, Hey, Patrick Mahomes just tied Tom Brady for most touchdowns and blah, blah, blah. Like he said, right after this happens, Horacio has tied all the all-time record for single-season elimination wins with five. Ties with Sarah from the Gauntlet one and Wes and Casey, I think it was, from Fresh Meat. Now, imagine hearing that and then being fessy and being like, oh, well, you didn't really impress me now. It's like, what? The other four – like, you can say one elimination, you went against, like, someone that wasn't that good. Maybe two I'll give you. But once you're getting to four eliminations and then five – those are just dubs and credit where credit is due and not easy competition. Like beating Jordan in this is very legitimate. Like he's not like that. You know, there was that one where he and Olivia won against Michelle and Jay because like the entire house helped them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. he, they were also the ones that took out turbo again. They got help from the house. This hey, is it happens. It happens. This is a hundred percent on him. Like this is like that sort of puts an asterisk beside two of the eliminations, but like, this is, this is just the fact he beat Jordan in a one-on-one headbanger soundly. Hey, we can, we can, you know, nitpick and say, Hey, they got given two elimination wins, but that also happens on the challenge all the time. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, and still, there's only three people that have done it. So whether you're getting help or not, you're still surviving. And I mean, also, I guess just being in a position where you get thrown in that many times as well, but you're lasting long enough to be thrown in that many times. Mm-hmm. Got to give the man credit. Got to give him credit. Um, at this point, we think the episode's over. And I don't know about you, but as I was scrolling through all my PVR, I kept looking at the time and thinking, okay, so what else is going to happen? Because there's a lot of time left in this episode. I thought and we that get, too. We get this roundabout from TJ. I can show up anytime, anywhere, blah, blah, blah. He shows up at the house. Let's who knows how soon later and tells everyone to pack up their stuff. They're heading to the zone. Everyone has to get ready. So the teams all come back. And he puts them all up. They're all standing there. Now it's time for them to be partners with their rider dies again. They do this whole big dramatic reveal, right? They bring down Fessy and Nisa and Casey, who are the only people 
whose rider dies have been eliminated, but they are still in the game. And they do this whole thing where they're tricking them into thinking you guys are probably going home. And this might be TJ's greatest acting performance <laughs> because TJ does this every season. But I think the delivery of the setup of this one might have been the best. They're all standing there. Everyone's wondering, like, does this mean they're going home? Does this mean they're going home? What happens? They don't have ride or dies. Where are their partners? Blah, blah, blah. And TJ says, I told you before, you live and die by your ride or dies in this game. So unfortunately, you can no longer continue in this game without your partner. And the way that he delivered it, I got to give my guy credit because it makes me wonder, like, does he do other takes? Like, Because it was just so well delivered because it didn't seem like he had more to say. And then he just goes, so. <laughs> I thought I that thought, was so good. I so thought good. you're totally right. It was really well done. I also thought that what they were going to do was have Casey and Anissa compete to see who gets partnered with Fessy because both Anissa and Casey have like histories with Fessy as his partner. Interesting. So Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, like that kind of worked out in a crazy way. And I'm like, that Mm -hmm. would like basically have an instant woman's elimination. Mm -hmm. And like, it was fine what they did, you know, coming out from the back, they've got Mariah, your man's Kenny and Jordan. Yeah. And so like, I have a question for you, though. Lisa, he's like, did you think I was gone? <laughs> <laughs> I have a question for you, though. Should they have told us about this twist? Like, how much better of a reveal would it have been if we didn't know that all the rider dies didn't go home? Would it have been a better twist for us? Or would we have suspected that, like, something like this was going to happen? I just feel like they kind of wasted what would have been a great reveal because throughout the season, when they kept telling people when they lost, hey, as long as your ride or die still in, you're in, that didn't really add much to the storyline. No. Do you no, know what I mean? Right. So, like, imagine if, like, those people just went home, or so we think. We don't really know about it. And then in this moment right there, as we're watching that, they're like, well, like, we would have been, like, Tori and Bananas and the rest of them standing up there that were thinking, oh, no, they're going home. And I, I say all that because of the way that TJ delivered it. I wouldn't have seen that coming. Like, I thought he did such a good job in doing that. But as you mentioned, everyone's back. And now they're re- reunited with their partners. But, but here is the twist. The three pairs, they now have to battle to get back into the game. There's another elimination. And I thought that was really awesome. That was a really good twist. Um, Another great line by Devin when it's announced that, you know, obviously Jordan's back in the game. Tori's like, I don't know how it feels. You know, Jordan's definitely thrown a wrench into my game. And Devin turns and looks at her. He's like, a wrench? And she's like, what, a toolbox? He's like, no, a whole Home Depot. (laughs) I thought that was a very good line by Devin. As you mentioned, Devin on fire in this episode. Fair enough. But. You have this competition now. It's another elimination. Don't let me down. There's three giant ramps. Each one has a huge cylinder on it. You and your partner have to push the cylinder up the ramp and be able to hold it above the line for one minute. The first team to do so wins, and they're automatically back into the game. The next two teams will have to compete in another competition to try and stay in the game. Right away, we knew that there's no chance Kenny and Casey are going to win, right? Yeah. Like, 
again, no disrespect to Kenny. He's just a normal guy. Right, like he, like this yeah, is, and that's not a diss. Like that's just, just facts. You have like Bessie's huge. Yeah, you have these like dudes. Uh, Horacio's a former like pro athlete. Bananas is. I was gonna say something, and I'm not gonna say. But my point is, a lot of people who come on this show, they train for this, right? Like their their job is staying in shape for the challenge. Kenny, as he he says himself, he's a family man. Yeah, wasn't a fair fight for him at all. This was tough. Then add in the the sand on your shoes also didn't help at all. I had a question for you though. I felt like watching everyone struggle to keep it, and this seemed very tough. But like, don't you think the strategy is once you get up high enough, mm-hmm. the move is to wedge like each person, like each member of the pair wedges one foot under the barrel. Like, isn't that the move? So it's resting on your toe? I think so it doesn't barrel, have any momentum. And also, it, like, pins your foot down so you're less likely to slide. Isn't that the move? I think the barrel is too big, though. I'm not saying, like, you have to get all the way under. I'm just saying, like, use your foot as yeah, a wedge yeah. to hold it in place. No, I hear you. I hear you. I was also thinking, like, what if you turned around and, like, had it just rest on your back? And while... do, like, a wall sit, basically. Yeah. Yeah. But again, it all just comes down to the fact that your feet would just slip all the time. Right. Um, but Fessy, Fessy saying, he looks at Mariah and he's like, uh, what did he say? He said something about, have you seen my partner's thighs? He's like, I'm pretty sure we're going to do all right in this. I'm like, all right, Fessy. Fair enough. But have you seen her thighs? Thanks. he, He also says, they're like, well, I'm the biggest and strongest here. I'm like, oh, ease up, buddy. Like, <laughs> I want, yeah. like, so we're going to get to this. But we should say, so messy, messy, Mariah and Fessy. Hey, uh, that works. That, that works. works. They, w- they win. And so they, they get to return to the house or advance to the final. The other two teams have to do another competition. And that's where the episode ended. Mm-hmm. We don't know what they're going to do. I assume Jordan and Anissa are going to beat Casey and Kenny. Yeah. We got to see. Like, that's why we play the games. But um, all I know is that I don't want Fessel to win this season. Like, and I don't know who is the favorite. Like, I don't know which team could win. Like, I think they're all good, but they all have their flaws. Mm-hmm. I just know I don't want Fessel to win. I want people to write in and let us know, does anybody want Fessy to win? Like, I feel like Mariah is probably more liked than Fessy for sure. So maybe some people like Mariah and want her to win. But I genuinely want to know if anyone who is not related to Fessy or who doesn't just think Fessy is hot, and I'm not hating on you for that. Hey, do your thing. I get get the appeal. Yeah, like, no, I get it. But, yeah. you know, I want to know is who's are you rooting for Fessy to win? I want to know if there's a Fessy hive out here cheering for Fessy to win. Now, we talked about this. Yeah, we said we were going to talk about this at this point of the pod. I genuinely don't know who's going to win this season. And there's part of me that always wondered when they showed the posters that like Amber and Nelson were so featured that I thought, okay, does that mean Nelson? Like, is Nelson going to win this season? Because I found it just weird that, like, Bananas wasn't on the poster. You know what I mean? 
So with Nelson gone, it makes me think, does Amber and Chauncey win? Like, I could see that. They're both, you know, in super great shape. And we know that the the biggest part of the elimination is just not gassing out. We know Amber's not going to gas out. Chauncey looks like he's in pretty good shape as well. So I don't know. Like, it's weird to say, but they might be one of my favorites to win at this point. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Like I said, I think every team is flawed on a purely physical level. You're making a great case for Amber and Chauncey, but like I can't imagine they're going to do well under pressure. Like I don't, but I mean, you and I talk a lot about how they speak to each other. And I should add that a D agrees with us Ooh. and says um, that she, Adi has been with her husband for almost 20 years and they haven't discussed their coupledom nearly as much as those two. <laughs> well played. Like but like, I think their self-talk between the two of them isn't Ooh. necessarily encouraging. Like, I think they're very kind to each other and they certainly love each other a lot, mm-hmm. but I don't think they're like good at being like powering through emotions. Like, I think there's, maintaining the level of drama that amber enjoys is tough when you're doing like a two-day grinding physical challenge you know obviously devin and tori like they're pretty smart they're good at puzzles they're not the fastest they're not gonna have the best stamina jordan has incredible stamina but you know no disrespect to anisa going fast is not her strength she's Mm -hmm. good at puzzles though I think they'll both be good at eating gross food. Like it's so every team is like a toss up. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out for sure. Yeah. I also think that like, we've talked about this a lot and I know a lot of our listeners have talked about this a lot. It does seem like the fix is in to help bananas get Nani her first championship and so, like, oh. there might be, like, an invisible, like, who knows how it all plays out. But, like, when it comes to final, I will be looking for shenanigans. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Interesting. That's an interesting thing here. Now, now I wasn't thinking that, but now you got me. Now you got me. I'll, I'll be on the, the lookout for that as well. Um, I have to ask you, Sheldon, who killed it for you this week? To be honest, it's got to be Horatio. I just think yep. to to put on a performance like that, to win another elimination, can't hate on you for that at all. I think he's done a really, really good job and a great rookie season in terms of winning all these eliminations. Um, to even just last this long to where I think uh, Olivia said it, you know, going from being thrown in all the time to now people being afraid to go against you in said eliminations it's an interesting rookie season and you know they might even be one of the under the radar teams that could win like i wouldn't be surprised if olivia and horacio won wouldn't be surprised at all so you know just a performance that my guy put up in this episode and he's still such the like likable young buck do you know what i mean that you want to root for he just seems like a good dude like yeah he killed it. He's been killing it all season, to be honest. What I like and respect about Horacio is he hasn't lost who he is. How he handled yeah. things with Laurel was not optimal. And like we can't forget that. 
But he's a, seems like a genuinely kind, nice, thoughtful person, respectful. It is rare that we see genuinely good people on this show, mm-hmm. right? Like this show certainly rewards people who have an edge to them. And But he hasn't like given into temptation. Like he's just played a clean game. Despite Fessel being like, oh, I haven't really rated him this uh, this season. I think he has won the trust and respect of everyone on the show. Like we often talk about how, you know, people can ruin uh, their reputations, right? Like I think Jay and Michelle are at that point where they're going to have a hard time making allies going forward. I imagine if Horacio comes back for another season, everyone's going to want to be with him, right? Like he's just a nice, quiet, hardworking, genuine, straight shooter who's good at competitions. Like people are either going to want to ally with him or gun for him. And like credit to him. Totally agree. Where can the good people find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And uh, don't forget to like, follow and subscribe wherever you get this. See you killed it podcast. Really appreciate everybody tuning in. Shouts to the people liking on the YouTube page. Really appreciate everyone there in the comments. It's really fun to read all the comments and, you know, get that traction there as well. And, Wherever you're listening to the pod, however you enjoy the pod, even if you take a break and come back like our good old friend, Carrie, we appreciate that too. Um, Yeah. Just want to say thanks to everyone and keep sending in the comments and questions. We love it. Yeah. I love the uh, listener comments and it feels like we've gotten more than usual this season, which Mm -hmm. I also really appreciate. Like, I think that's just cool. And uh, we love everything that you have to say, even if you disagree with some of our hot or even crazy takes. That's Hell cool yeah. too. We have thick skin. Um, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jay Chidley Hill. And until next week, this was You Killed It. You killed it.